You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today we have in studio with us in a rare evening Recording session, by the way, so I'm just letting you know the bourbon might be flowing, but <laughs> that could be a little bit crazy. But we have with us Kylie and Daniel, who are here to tell us about their virtual buying experience. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Absolutely. We're really happy to do this. It's super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the bourbon talking already. Oh. <laughs> so. Well, then. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's jump in there for our listeners. And first of all, let's define what we mean by virtual buying, all right? Because there's a handful of different ways it can go. Jen, kick us off. What, what do we mean when we, when we talk about virtual buyers? Okay, so for this particular lovely couple that I got to work with, um, we did all of our showings on the screen. So we would set up a time that we were both available to be on FaceTime is the method that we picked because we all had iPhones. And so we would FaceTime each other. So I'd get to the house. I'd check with Kylie and Daniel if he was available to be there as well. And we would be on the screen. Uh, Got a couple of tools that I think made it hopefully a little more um, comfortable for your eyes not to be jumbling all over and everything else made it like a smooth virtual tour, like a video kind of. And then... Off we go to so, the so you screen. did that you did that with a thing called a gimbal yes right so right and because I know that I ended up showing a couple for you and I didn't have a gimbal mm-hmm. and so I'm sure there was a pretty significant <laughs> difference there a little bit yeah I can't say it was drastic I think the iPhone's got pretty good stabilization for people now however um, I think it just flows a little better the turns probably are a little better that the turns might be. are definitely better yeah the so. gimbal helps with the stairs too. Like that was the big one with Eric was the stairs, and it, it's all just because he didn't have it. Once when we, when Jin got the gimbal, everything was completely smooth, no problems. Never felt like you're getting seasick on a ship or anything. On a roller coaster, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much uh, the summary. And you guys add anything that you want to kind of how that goes. But uh, coming from out of state, it was a necessity for them as buyers. So let's talk about that with you guys uh, as much detail as you feel comfortable sharing, but. But uh, I would suspect that some listeners completely understand uh, how and why virtual purchasing happens, particularly you know, for a home. But uh, share with us what you will about your circumstances and why it was the right thing for you guys. Yeah, so we were moving from uh, the state of Arkansas, and because of we actually held jobs down there, and we're keeping our jobs moving to the Kansas City area. And with my work schedule, I'm on the road constantly every two weeks. Kylie's at home working, and um, so. We never when we when we started looking at hey we're gonna move to Kansas City what's our length of time what's the process gonna look at look like um, virtual for us kind of was a natural fit we felt like uh, every time you know we it came up as how are we gonna buy a house in Kansas City well you know the traditional way is hey you go look at a house you you know you walk through it you have a fill. weekend it's a whole weekend of traveling. And then in today's market, I mean, we'd be on the road constantly to and from this doing the. You wouldn't have had drive. time to work. We, no, exactly. Well, and that was the other thing was our work, even my work schedule. My office wasn't ready for me necessarily to move to KC to go look at houses. Like that wasn't even something we had talked about or considered. It was, I'll be working remotely once we move to Kansas City. Not, hey, by the way, the market's so crazy. I'm going to move to Kansas City so I can look at houses and already be working remotely. Plus, I had to get the house ready with him 
being on the road so much, I was in charge of getting our house ready, working with our real estate agent down there and the showings and making sure our house was clean and ready to be sold down in Arkansas. So it just virtual was the best and basically only option we had to try and get the move going. Yeah. Now, virtual purchasing, so virtual home tours, they're not particularly new. There's a lot of investors who, for a lot of years, have been buying homes without physically stepping foot into them. Although, without a doubt, in the last two years, uh, two years plus since you know COVID and the pandemic and and whatnot, it's become a much much bigger deal. We'll talk a little bit about uh, here in a minute about some of the pluses and minuses you found because you know you bought your home in Arkansas traditionally, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so we spent a whole day Saturday out and about and then put an offer in and got our house. There you go. Well, you put your first <laughs> offer and got a house. So obviously the market has changed. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about, um, uh, you know, how you ended up with Jen. Um, in, in particular, what were some of the things that you were definitely looking for uh, with someone because you were virtual, different than maybe you would have if mm-hmm. you were uh, physically in houses with people? So first off, I really didn't research real estate agents in the Kansas City area. I used to work for a realtor, Natalie Moyer in Wichita. So because I worked for her and I trusted her so much and I knew how her process was, I was like, if she knows anyone who's anyone remotely similar to her, I will trust them and they'll be golden. So we did that in Arkansas and I did the same thing with Natalie. I said, hey, we're coming back to the state of Kansas, but we're moving to the Kansas City area. Who would you recommend? Who's your go-to person? And she sent me Jen's information and I said, great, that works for me. I'm going to call her like in the next couple of days and we're going to get the process going. Well, you know, and that's funny because the um, NAR, National Association of Realtors, their data still suggests that um, 92% of all home uh, home sales through realtors are done via referral. And I think a lot of people think that's your friend referring or whatnot. So that's really good advice for somebody who's moving into the area or moving out of the area. If you have a realtor that you trust, they chances are they know somebody in a lot of different areas that they trust and then they can hand them off to you. So that's that's well, actually- and Natalie and I have had a oh my gosh, I bet you we've known each other for at least 15 years now. And we both do a lot of National Association of Realtors kind of nationwide stuff. And so, for example, just a short while ago, we were both in D.C. together hanging out. Um, Before that, we were at the Region 9 conference, which is where the four states in this little region come together and do things. And so we have had a longstanding relationship because of the service work and the volunteer work that we do. And that's something we're both very passionate about. And I think that bodes to why we are similar and why we like to work with similar awesome people and all the great things that go with that. But your realtors have an amazing nationwide network if they're highly involved in service because like I know who to refer in Florida, South Carolina, like almost any state, even Alaska. Mm-hmm. I know somebody in Alaska. I don't know a whole bunch of agents in Alaska just because I don't think they probably have a whole lot of agents. They don't have as many houses there. Right? <laughs> now look, all of our Alaska so. listeners are going to be really upset. <laughs> <laughs> but I know there is a there's a fair amount of agents, you know, you, you name it. We know somebody in that state just from um, the decade plus of service work in the industry. Um, and National Association of Realtors. We have those connections. So what you're saying is is you took somebody's recommendation, and now, of course, you're terribly sorry that you chose Jen. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. She was fantastic. Because I drug you on a podcast, and I want you to tell everybody about the experience. <laughs> because I really think this is valuable, because it can be intimidating, right? So um, 
I know, and I know we're going to get to more, but I, I think that probably a lot of virtual buyers, especially when this is going to be your home. And you talked about, I, I've had lots of investors. Matter of fact, I have one I've worked with for over 20 years. He's never seen some <laughs> of the properties that he's owned and he's owned them for two decades now and he's never set eyes on them. And there was a, a large piece of trust for me to be able to tell him, no, 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 no. Yes. That's a good one. Let's make an offer on that. But I that. think your point is, as an investor, he was looking at a different set of properties than if you're going to go move into the home and live there. And so that feels different, right? right. We're, we're, we have different feelings, um, probably being a homeowner and a, and a virtual buyer, and I'm going to move into and live in this home, as opposed to I'm looking at the return on investment of this and, and things like that. Right. So, mm -hmm. And that could be intimidating and scary and a lot of things. So. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say it wasn't stressful or high anxiety moments. There definitely were. But because we trust you and we trust the process, I was okay with it. But it, those feelings don't go away just because you trust someone and you're looking <laughs> virtually. <laughs> well, and even for me, like on my side, when the first time that you guys did come up to the house, I know you've never been in the house. And so obviously I did my best to explain every facet of every nook and cranny of that home. And do you want to see something again? And is there something in particular that you guys love that you really want to look at again or, or whatever that was? I did my best. But still, even on my side, it's like. Oh, I, I sure hope I did them good here. I hope I did them a solid, right? Like, oh boy. And luckily we did a solid, but. Yeah. And Jen, I don't know if I need to attest to this, uh, the virtual aspect, but the first time I stepped in the home was when we were moving in off the truck. I drove the truck and completely first time stepping in was unloading the truck. And actually my first time meeting Jen and Eric was to, tonight when we did the podcast and agreed to it and yeah. came over. First face to face. So, I mean, we met virtually. Correct. Yeah. yeah. We, we saw you, I saw you on FaceTime and, uh, you know, through all the communication and everything we had, but actually meeting in person was tonight. And it's, it's not an uneasy process, but you guys definitely made it very warming and easy to go through. And I had hardly any problems. Kylie, <laughs> there were many nights where we'd sit there and she goes, are we doing the right thing? And I'm like, well, I don't know how else you do this right now. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, it was like a... doing the only thing. Yeah, yeah, ultimately, it was perfect. And I, I know, speaking for me, I, I couldn't have asked for any better of a team to work with. Oh, thank oh, you very shucks. much. Thank you. Thank so you. T tell me, walk us through... So, you know, obviously, we can talk about what we did, but this isn't, you know... Us, this isn't a generic promotional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At least not... Try not to be obvious about it. But anyway... Um, so, you know, we were doing that. We were using FaceTime, Zoom, whatever, but it was it was phone um, mm -hmm. cameras. Tell us about your process that had nothing to do with what we were doing, because obviously you had to end up doing a, f a lot more research on the homes that you were looking at. You had to know which parts. So walk us through some of the things that you would do that might have been more intense or a little bit different than maybe when you would just walk a house. So first, I think he and I were both on every like realtor app or home listing app known to man. And we looked at it like every day. And then we started noticing the patterns of when houses would get listed. It's so, like that Wednesday, Thursday timeframe is when they really got listed a lot. And so the second houses got listed, we were like, especially if we yeah, found one yeah. that we liked, it was like back and forth with us to confirm that we were on the same page of it. Because if one of us didn't like it, then there's no point in looking at it because they're not going to be on board. But then we'd send them to Jen like immediately and say, okay, what time frames do we have in the next couple of days, knowing how the market is and how quickly things are going? When can we see these? 
because we've looked at the pictures and like we would scrutinize the pictures. We would have to look at the seller's disclosures though, because we found yes. a lot of houses um, in your guys's price range or price point that had some foundation issues. Some of them more significant than others right off the bat, and some of them I feel like we knew were going to be out of the comfort zone just based on. Um, looking at the photos, information that we were getting, and then location if it wasn't exactly the location because you guys had pretty specific parameters on mm -hmm. that. Well, let me unpack that for a second because seller's disclosures is something I want to come back to. So you guys dove into seller's disclosures mm -hmm. because oh, a, lot a lot of clients don't, which which I've, you know, so I try to do as much as I can for them and say, here's what I've noticed in it. But, I mean, you, you're probably as familiar with them as I am at this point. We had a lot of yeah. conversations about, every house before I would go tour it and the seller's disclosures because that's just kind of part of well and especially with us buying virtually not being able to set your own physical eyes on it in the house I made sure whether Daniel's available or not I made sure I ran through every and I like detail like really went through each disclosure of course that could be because my father is an attorney so I'm kind of used to looking at the fine details of things but I made sure to do that because I knew he would have questions with his background and what he does. So I was like ready for anything. <laughs> yeah, to kind of build on that, actually going back, uh, before we started looking at uh, working with Jen and, and the team, we actually started basically studying how the market works uh, in December of 2021. So before we even started talking to the team, we had a month of just what are we getting ourselves into? What are the kind of houses available in our price range? Where are those at? And then once we actually started contact, like Kylie said, yeah, we did a lot of research, a lot of looking at, you know, once we started working the team, a lot of reading disclosures. But there were plenty of nights where at, you know, Wednesday night houses, for some reason, always just started popping up Thursday morning. We were up until midnight some nights. <laughs> yeah. We were, I was on, I actually, with my work, I'm on the road a lot. I would wake up at like 4 a.m. on Thursdays and look at the new houses because 3 a.m. was kind of the refresh yep. date we noticed. Um, so there was a lot of back-end work that we did. And then, you know, Jen would find houses and we'd have to read the disclosures. <laughs> and then we'd also send houses to Jen, too. And it was like, hey, here's the, dis you know, can you get us a disclosure? <laughs> so uh, there was a lot more research than I think we were ready for even the second go-around buying this house up here. Well, I, and I think that's that's telling. First of all, that's something that I think uh, the best informed clients are doing, regardless of whether it's seeing them in person or not. But by the way, Jen, do you need a minute? Did that bourbon go down wrong? <laughs> I don't even drink, but it is allergy season. And I did have a horse event this weekend, so it's like the dirt, the dust, all the things just hit me all of a sudden. Do we need so to, I'm sorry. Do we need to get plexiglass around you at this point? No, it's no. definitely dirt, dust, and allergies, right. but... Yeah. And I've been sneezing with the allergies, so sorry about that, guys. You're good. But the listeners will now hear me like, what? <laughs> hear the little coughs. I'll see if I can take them out in post. Well, but no, so back back to the point. So that kind of research gave you a lot of confidence in what you were looking at, and even if you right, even if you weren't there physically in terms of the house, the market, knowing whether it was priced appropriately, et cetera. Well, that's uh, priced appropriately. Was that for oh debate, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yes. It was crazy. <laughs> well, you guys oh. started right when the second, I call it the, the the second time that the market went nuts and is still nuts. You guys started right then, didn't well, you? Well, and our first offer that we put on a house was this house that was still original, probably. Like, the carpet was still original at home. It was very 70s-esque. 
everything, Wallpaper, nothing was burgundy. Burgundy. Perfect. <laughs> Daniel loved the house. I liked the house too for the structure. <laughs> the it was finishes. A perfect location. It was great. And it wasn't on the busy street. No, but I don't think like we knew we were getting into a crazy market. But I think that was our really our first taste of it because. We, I think, put maybe 10 or 15 over asking, thinking, oh, that's reasonable. It's not updated at all. It's going to take a lot of work to update this house. We had no idea that many people would be interested in in that house. No, right? based on the one that was one street over that went crazy. So I was like, we were blown away. Even I was blown away. Luckily, we had a great agent on the other side of that transaction. He was very... Um, transparent and he yeah. really gave us some insight he did because we were nowhere close <laughs> what, what really well and that it, it was all over the board what yeah. we would hear on the offers though and that's the thing it's kind of like any given Sunday I mean I do compare it to that because do you not see sometimes like oh I thought that house would have went for tons more than that and that's the one that doesn't go for very much and then the other one you see goes for so much more than you ever thought it would go for and so it's like seriously this is any given Sunday what buyers are in the market, what weekend, and what particular neighborhood or area have people been watching that they're really willing to go to bat on? You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, it's crazy. There's no rhyme or reason sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree. And if you, <laughs> if, if our listeners had listened to the podcast that was before this one, the current Today's Dream podcast, we break all of that down and why that's happening in the market, mm-hmm. or at least why we think it's happening. But yeah, it, it's nuts. So, but yeah, it was probably a, a shock. I mean, traditionally, you're used to buying homes where somebody would put a list price and you would expect them to come down right you might come underneath a little bit Mm -hmm. then there would be some negotiation potentially and of course that's not the case no not at all I think I how much more do I want to give you (laughs) exactly well that was the fine line is okay we know we're going to at least ask list price if not more but you don't want to go so far more to where you're just like I'm just dumping a lot of money into this and I have no idea what this is really going to go for so am I way overpaying for this right or am Here's I kind of in the bar park? And my dog. Yes, yeah, my firstborn. But you know, we're doing that where we're going, hey, how much more are we going? But then we, I'd be on airplanes coming <laughs> back to Kansas or going to, sorry, going to Arkansas. And all of a sudden, Kylie goes, oh, by the way, uh, someone beat us by like $40,000. And it's like, oh, yeah, that didn't even matter. <laughs> at least yeah. we knew it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, at least that sort of feels yeah. 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 That, good. That, that $3,000, we were sweating whether to go up another yeah. three. Yeah. That was irrelevant. Irrelevant, yeah. yeah. It totally happens. Oh, my gosh. When you guys were doing <clears throat> the virtual showing, so Jan or on a couple occasions myself were behind the camera. Were, were there things specifically that you learned to look for? And this could be things that like just are very important to you or just things in general that you just said, hey, point the camera here, go look at this for me, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so uh, the way that we work is uh, when we look at a house, we're not all that concerned about you know walls, the cabinets, stuff like that. That's kind of interchangeable in our mind. Um, it, some people it's not, some people it is like, it just kind of depends. So we were more concerned about foundation. Uh, you know, everything starts with a good structure of the house. Uh, you know, whether that's foundation problems, if it's good, if there's a drainage problem in the backyard, um, that's kind of the, if it looked the, like it was falling off the side of the hill and the <sighs> creek in the backyard where it was like literally like, Ooh, I've had yeah. one of those. <laughs> oh, we, we looked at one too and it was in a great, and it was a newer house, which was a kind of astonishing to us. And looking at that, then the concrete in the front is like this. And then the back of the house is like this. And then when I went in the kitchen, it was right like the house was splitting in you half. You do realize when you go this and this and this, <laughs> most of our listeners there. So. If you envision like an 
A, the house was folding up to be an A eventually, I right. think. I like, remember that because it, the pictures looked gorgeous. Like they did oh, a great yeah. job staging that house for the pictures because you wouldn't have been able to tell unless you did a virtual showing oh, or you walked through smoke. it. And the cigar yes. smoke, that was the other piece to that puzzle that was like... And there's a slight hint of cigar. Oh, it's in the garage and it has evaded the living room. So <laughs> yeah. there was cigar parties happening, we think, in the garage of that home um, that I told you guys about. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And then, that do? and then after the foundation, the thing we looked through for the, the walkthrough was uh, the floor layout because uh, the way we view things, there are some things we can change. The floor layout is not an easy thing to change. You know, location of stairs, where right. rooms are, stuff like that. I would be happy to tear down walls. Daniel does not like to tear down walls. Oh, but Daniel's the engineer. <laughs> yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with him first. <laughs> and, and then the last thing is just really um, kind of how the general flow of the house feels. Uh, does anything look like, hey, was this added on by someone because they needed a closet bathroom at the time? Just kind of <laughs> weird stuff that you kind of stay away from. Or urinals, that we ran into that. Um, yep. But those were kind of the main things. The rest of the, the viewing was like, hey, just walk us around. Generally, is the carpet in good condition? Is stuff like that. You know, you're buying the house, you're getting the carpet, you're getting the walls. Uh, so we didn't forget about that, but those were kind of the big three things. Yeah. Did it me. look like the people took care of the home, like cleaned the home? Like, am I going to have to not live in this home for a week and deep clean it first before I actually can move in and clean as I go? Sure. Kind of thing for sure was what we looked at. And then the exterior, I always made sure to first we did like the front pano, like all the houses around, you know, neighbors, et cetera, et cetera. And then the back pano and a couple of the houses that were in a good spot ended up potentially being on busy streets. So we would pay mm -hmm. attention to what time of day it was. What was that highway noise like? Was it something you thought you could live with? Was it something you thought, oh no, I don't want to. And luckily you guys ended up on a cul-de-sac, Yeah, which I think is always like, if you can land on a cul-de-sac and, and have a good backyard and you guys have an awesome backyard, yeah. by the way, we're still waiting for the invite whenever that's open. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, one of those things. It's like, you can't change that location. No. no. That was, well, and that's why you mentioned earlier that we had pretty strict perimeters on location. Originally, we were looking in the Overland Park area because that's where Daniel works. And uh, ever since we've been married, he's always had like a 30-minute drive to work, if sure. not more. And he has grown very tired of a 30-minute drive or more. I get it. He travels a lot. So the less he can have to be in a car and travel to work, the better. So we started strictly like Overland Park a lot. But even... I think as we learned that market of Overland Park versus like the surrounding areas, we kind of branched out more and we were okay with like a 15, 20 minute drive, which is what he has now. And I think he's okay with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I okay. it. You said it. perfect earlier, so let's <laughs> take that to heart. It was, yeah, it was, it was worth it. And, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things in the market, just the way the market is right now that we kind of had to expand. But it was uh, for a good thing. We got a lot of our... Uh, other pluses that we were kind of having to get away from being an OP versus where we ended up, but uh, it worked out for the good. And then going back to the virtual showings, uh, we didn't really know how this would go the first time. So we actually had one of my best friends meet Eric at a house, and there were some major structural problems there. I believe the office was kind of like sloping off, and uh, <laughs> that was caught. And then he went to one other house with Eric, and after that first time, he, he didn't feel like he needed to go back and be there because everything we were looking for, everything that um, you know was being said was being caught. And so there was a lot of trust that was built off that first initial showing virtually. 
uh, that made us feel even more comfortable. Well, you know, I, I'm thank you. I'm glad you said that though, because it does segue into something that I wanted to point out because I know. Um, and, and I kind of warn, warn my clients, if you will, of how I look at homes. And, and I think it's critically important that a homeowner goes in eyes wide open. Uh, to me, that's more important than um, telling them how great their, their dog would be able to run in the backyard, you know, trying to, trying to fluff it a little bit. I mean, people are smart. And so with some background in construction and flipping homes, and I know Jen has a ton as well, that's sort of how we approach showing homes, which is like, this is beautiful, and I think this is great. I know this kitchen is awesome. And by the way, did However, you, it looks like over here. Yeah, did you notice this, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, that's something that we're definitely going to want to make sure we pay attention to on the inspection because it could be this or something along those lines. So that I, – I, I think that um, – not to put words in your mouth, but I think it's probably pretty important that you have an agent with a critical eye if you're going to do this. Absolutely, yeah. And you guys did get an inspection because I was like, okay, listen, I know that we may not be able to use this inspection per negotiation, but it is vital since you are doing this virtually that we at least have to have it for knowledge. Granted, there probably would have been some earnest money we had to give away, but that was like, okay, I know a lot of people are throwing away inspections in this market, but I, as your agent, was like, you need this. And I think you guys felt that way too, but I was pretty paramount on that, I felt like. Yeah, I mean, I, I assess buildings uh, for work, and so I walk into all sorts of situations at any given time, and we never really felt like we had to just waive inspections. We always were looking for a way of, okay, how do we get an inspection, but make it so that way it was just for our information, um, just because you never know. Right. Right. Well, and we were willing if, like you said, we'd be out some earnest money, but a little bit of earnest money versus getting into a house that you're going to be completely upside down on because you didn't know what you're getting into and there was major issues. I'd be, I would 100% give up that earnest money every day versus getting completely upside down and not knowing I'm stepping into with a house. Yep. And we're big on that. You know, we know this is your guys' largest financial asset. We know that this is super important. And that's half the reason we do this podcast is because we want every person to have the opportunity to have that education we believe in it so much in real estate and the value of what you need to know when you're jumping into a house because there's a lot to know mm -hmm. so there's um and i can think of i can think of one couple in general that i just met um from nashville so if they listen to this they'll know i'm talking to them hi guys <laughs> uh and and i've already so they're probably going to be buying and they were in town uh, but they're probably going to be buying virtually or there might be some virtual elements to the way they buy. I don't have all the details yet. So if you think about this wonderful young couple I met this last weekend from Nashville or any couple or individual who is looking to buy a home virtually, what's your what's your advice to them? Uh, so the first thing I would have is uh, is communication. Uh, everything starts with that. Uh, trust is built off of communication. And with today's technology, I mean, communication can be built in so many different ways. Uh, you know, like whether it's text, email, calls, FaceTime. I mean, there's there's an endless amount of opportunities there, and they're only getting better every day that we go. So take the time and communicate with your realtor. That'd be probably the first thing I would just recommend. Talk to them, get to know them, get to trust them. And then, you know, everything comes with the virtual showings is is trust. Do you trust your your realtor that you're having? Look at these houses for you virtually. What does it really smell like? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and I would do the research. Make sure you know what you're really wanting to look at. Because right now with the market 
how it is, it can be overwhelming. And you're trying to grab at whatever house that comes available because you need the house. You know, you don't want to be homeless. But I think you can also be patient with it. I think that's something that we learned in our process because I think that was part of my issue at the beginning. I was like, these houses are going up and going off the market within 24 hours and I just want a house. So like, I think I was starting to just, whatever house I can look at today and we'll just put an offer in. It might be crap. And Dina's like, well, I think we can have a little more patience with this and really look at what we're really wanting or needing within a home. Jen you know, might have said, I will be really uncomfortable if you want to put an offer in on this house without actually coming and looking at it. Yes, yeah, that has right? defi- that definitely did happen. Is that the code sentence for, please don't buy this house? <laughs> I tried to be very good and polite about it, but I was like, oh Lord, this this I don't think this is a good one. Like, Yes, yes, and that's where the trust factor comes in because I was like, okay, if Jen's saying... I don't think so. Like, you really got to come look in person. It was definitely, but just being patient with the process, because I know it can, the way the market is right now, it can can instill some fear or I got to jump on this right now kind of thing. Be patient and make sure you get what you really need out of it. That way you're looking at the right homes and not just any home and getting overwhelmed or stressed by what you're seeing every day. And we did start to consider other options. I think that's a, a viable thing to tell people too is, so we started to think about if you didn't find your um, expensive dream home, if you will, it wasn't terribly like crazy expensive, but what would it look like if we bought this townhome for half of our budget and rented it for a while? And then we could rent it when we wouldn't be renting. I'm sorry, I said that kind of yeah. wonky, but you know what I'm it, saying? It started off as a conversation of, okay, what else can we do? You know, the the market's crazy. A lot of houses are for sale, but a lot of houses weren't for sale at the same time. So we looked at condos. We looked at just other properties, townhouses, stuff like that of, hey, how do we get in locally and then keep looking? And then can this opportunity, if you will, help us out in the future becoming either an investment property or just turn around flipping it or selling it? Mm-hmm. So we, we did consider towards the end anything and... Um, nothing was off the table at all. Yep. Yep. So there's lots of, lots of options that we can kind of vet out in different ways, depending on what the client's needs are. But, but the story ended up with a happy ending, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about your house. We got a nice house on a cul-de-sac. Um, we got four bedrooms, three baths. Um, coming from the state of Arkansas, you don't have many basements there. Right. Right. So we now have a basement. So we have even more living space than I think we even had in Arkansas or any of our apartments prior. So we are a little furniture short for the house at the moment. But um, we love that aspect because I think we like to entertain and have friends over. So that's exciting. Yeah, the flip side, we wanted to be in Overland Park just because my job is there and having to drive to work. But uh, we ended up in Shawnee, Kansas, and absolutely love it. We're like um, we're half a mile from Sonic and the grocery store. We actually walked a dog there this weekend, so it's been great. It was, it's been a, a pleasant surprise that we weren't ready for. And I think it fits our personalities maybe a little bit better than Overland Park would have in the long run. Um, you know, each little suburb of Kansas City kind of has its own culture, oh, yeah, its own feel, absolutely. and I think we found a very laid back but nice area that we like to be in and there's fun things to do around and we have a pool in the backyard so we'll be definitely entertaining friends and family you know it also helps I think being on the more northern side he has family in Minnesota so when they come down they don't have to drive all the way through Kansas City to get to the south side they can just stop right in Shawnee well and right I was to thinking us. right airport it's a yeah know, yeah yeah the airport access is great and um I mean there's so much stuff to do and see. And what about the omen when we when I was uh, touring oh, yeah. and I looked at the um, 
little things. Tell them about the omen. Uh, yeah, cool. so it turns out that the house uh, was owned by previous Razorback fans. I'm guessing they were probably from Arkansas or went to school in Arkansas, but they were Razorback fans. Sure. Having us coming from Arkansas, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. There's... And they had a little Razorback yeah. rock in the front yard, and one of the first things that she was like, oh my gosh, it could be meant to be. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and then the second one, I was actually on the road uh, for work when the inspection was going through. We did get a pool uh, uh, inspection, right. and the guy was actually from Minnesota. And so I'm from my family, whole family's from Minnesota. And so Kylie was talking to him and getting to know him. And there was a, a, lo- a lot of like homeliness feeling. And then the phone call I got from Kylie's, you will never believe where this guy's from. <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, he's from the nice state. <laughs> it was very welcoming. That is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was perfect. It did end up being really, really amazing. And uh, I think you guys are the, other than an investment, I've never had the opportunity to be a part of that journey in this facet for a homeowner before so it was really special guys. Mm-hmm. it was great and we actually I think we found things in this house that I didn't even would, wouldn't have considered having in a home you know and then I think we ticked off all of Daniel's boxes for a house so he's very happy <laughs> One of which being an, an area that has a fast internet connection, I understand. So. Yeah, yeah, fast internet and then the colonial architecture. I mean, oh. I, you know, being a young age, someone that appreciates architecture is kind of unheard of, but having that style of architecture is way different than, you know, the fast pop-up subdivisions of today land. So. It did have amazing curb appeal. Like, even though there's a few things that could be tweaked maintenance-wise that you guys knew could be fixed pretty right off if you wanted to and we talked about those but the the aesthetics of the curb appeal of that home were really one of a kind mm-hmm. very much so all right so we're nearing the end so uh, we, uh hopefully you've saved a good story or two uh tell tell us about the craziest thing during during this experience his face is I don't know, they're laughing. <laughs> Somebody's turning red. red. So Do we need to change our rating? Is that No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So when you say crazy, there's a couple things that come to mind. I mean, the market is just crazy. At sure. any given time, you're looking at houses Wednesday, putting an offer in you know, Thursday to have Red Friday, to look at another house Saturday morning, to put an offer in Saturday night, have that rejected, go to Sunday, <laughs> then a realtor's at the Buffalo Bills and Chiefs game, and then it doesn't get red Sunday night, it goes into Monday, and it's... I mean, that process is just crazy, but... Oh, that um, realtor was, too. That was like, we were dying over there on that one, uh, and, and well, I there was we another, just barely missed it, too. There was but. another house that we were wanting to look at, and yeah. had it been okay, we were going to put an offer on that one, but we were waiting because we already had an offer, and so it was like this like waiting game of, did we get it or not, because we have a backup that we're ready for. <laughs> Yeah, so there's that craziness, and then there's the craziness of actually looking at houses. And sure, we did it virtually, but we still found some pretty crazy things in a house. Uh, There was one house that the basement was finished. It had a bar in the basement. The fridge was not behind the bar. They built in like a two-by-five cubby on the side of the bar for the fridge. And then in the basement, there were two bathrooms. There was one that had your normal sink and toilet. Then there was a second bathroom (laughs) that was even bigger than the first bathroom that had just a sink and a urinal in it. (laughs) That is true. His and hers. And it was pretty yes. chopped up. Yeah. It was very chopped up. But I think that was one of the crazier houses we looked at. Because I looked at Daniel afterwards and I go, how do we fix the two bathroom and urinal situation? <laughs> like, I don't know how we go ahead and get that fixed pretty quickly. <laughs> there were some redeeming qualities to that There were, house. yes. Yeah. Um, hey, I know I know a guy who's doing a, a, a multi-million dollar remodel and there's a urinal in that house. 
Yeah, and and you know, we I say this with grain of salt. Uh, you know, there's these little crazy things like a urinal in a basement. I mean, everybody has their own the, to be their own, have their own quirks. I have mine. Trust me, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but you know, it, it's just one of those things when you're looking at houses, you go, "There's a urinal in the basement." Okay, yeah, that's man fine. cave. We'll, yeah, we'll figure that out. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> nice. And then there's the other flip side of craziness when okay, you do this all virtually. Uh, you've never seen the house in person, you know, your realtor's seen the house, and you put an offer on the house, and after all these times of rejection, all of a sudden you win. And then <laughs> yeah. you go, we have a house <laughs> that we've never seen. I, and, I remember telling Daniel, hey, we got the house. And he goes, I'm sorry, what did you say? I go, no, we got the house. And he goes, you're serious. Yes, I'm being 100% serious. I need you to wake up off the couch. We got the house. <laughs> And so we celebrate every when we buy a house. We actually celebrate with champagne. Well, we didn't pre-buy champagne because we didn't know when that day was coming. <laughs> and so we're on the way to the grocery store to buy champagne and having the freak out moment of we just did this virtually. Like, what did we just do? <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah. it was great. Yes, perfect. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have, guys. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, and and by the way, um, and this might be the bourbon talking, but you did great. No, I'm teasing. Woo-hoo. You did great. <laughs> um, and and thanks so much. And I think it's going to be very helpful for people who are in similar situations, either all virtual or partly virtual, because they'll know some things to look for, and then they'll know it can work out well. So thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. Yeah, anytime. Thanks. All right, guys, we've had a great one. I don't think virtual buying is going away anytime soon. I think it's here to stay, even through some of the other stuff because it's a time saver for people when the realtor can go and you can have that trust. So I think it's, I think it's here to stay friends. All right. There you have it. Another great episode of Get Real KC. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.